Hey there, Brambling. It's Uncle Luke here. I hope you're having a great day today. I had an amazing sleep last night. I think I got about 12 hours of sleep. I am so rested right now. Never take sleep for granted. Oh my gosh. Uh, but anyways, today on the podcast, we are going to be talking to your dad, who is Brendan Benoit, who's the owner and director of Sona Music in Clearwater, British Columbia. Brendan has been a music enthusiast and admirer for as long as he can remember, showing interest in making music since the age of five. Our parents placed him in group piano lessons to get his career off on the right foot. About 10 years later, he then switched to drums and percussion and retained a role as a section leader throughout high school and college concert bands. During that time, Brendan then taught himself how to play the guitar and bass guitar using his prior knowledge from piano lessons. He then continued to play in several different original bands with genres including heavy metal, hard rock, and folk, as well as country and blues cover bands. He has also toured locally and internationally in several different rock bands, and he's even registered music with SoCan. Having a dad who is one of the top sound engineers in film, music, and broadcast, as well as a mom who is an accomplished early childhood educator, Brendan then combined these two paths to create a unique skill set for not only performing musically both on stage and in the studio, but also passing on knowledge to students of all ages. Brendan has been teaching and instructing in the ways of music with a passion since the age of 16. He is happy to bring these skills to the town of Clearwater, British Columbia, and to continue working on instilling the joy of music to all who are willing to let it into their lives. In this conversation, Brendan and I are going to be talking a little bit about how he got started in the music industry a bit more, some memories that we both share, as well as some of the uh, amazing concerts and touring that he used to do when he was younger. We also talk about how music can be one of those things that can really transform someone's life for the better. We talk about uh, quotes from famous composers and how that can translate into living a healthy and fulfilling life, as well as a metaphor thought that I had that I may have confused Brendan with, but ultimately I think it is still a little nugget of wisdom to share with everyone. So with all that being said, let us dive into a conversation between two brothers talking about something that we both really love with all of our hearts, music. I really do hope you enjoy. Hi, Brendan. Hello, Luke. How's it going? <laughs> it's going fine. It's going fine. How are yeah. you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good. It's been, been an interesting week for sure. I'm so yeah. glad to have you with me. Today, I kind of was hoping to chat about music. Aha, that's right. Yes. Would you be down to tell us a little bit about your story? It's a, it's a good story. So I'll keep it on the context of, uh, of, of music related. Okay. Um, so I don't exactly remember how I had shown interest in music at the age of five, but I did somehow. And so I got into uh, group piano lessons at the age of five at Carillon Music out in Surrey, where, uh, where I grew up. 
I think this, the way the system worked was I think the first two or three years was you kind of like do classroom-based stuff and you get a different teacher every year, very similar to what you do in school. And then eventually you move on to your private lesson teacher and you do that for a while and you kind of jump around the teachers again too. And then after however many teachers I had, I had met my kind of like last piano teacher and his name is Hamid. And I think uh, you, you took lessons with Tim too, right? I did. I had yeah, a few, so, maybe like a year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So um, we started doing lessons together at Carillon Music and then he decided to leave there and do his own private lessons and I followed him and took lessons with him for many years up Mm -hmm. until about the age of 13. 13. And then at that point I had stopped piano in lieu of switching to junior concert band and that was uh, a complete 180 strictly onto the rhythm set of percussion and drums. So I stuck with that all through high school and then all through college and then throughout all that time I had taught myself how to play guitar simply by a single impromptu lesson on how to read guitar tab. Mm. Next thing you know, that's all I needed was just mm-hmm. that and then a guitar. And Dad had many guitars laying around. He and did. It's just a matter of grab one. And the internet kind of exploded suddenly, and yes. I could find all the music I wanted, all the all the sheet music I wanted, as far as Tab was concerned, on a wonderful database that still exists today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, from there, I just I just played a lot of guitar as much as I could because it was a lot of fun and I had access to the information. And then that kind of led to kind of like dabbling in the bass guitar. It's very similar at first, and then you quickly realize that no, it's not. It's they're they're very different instruments. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you know like bands and all that. I guess my first band was with uh, was me and the cousins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, we did our kind of punk rock thing for a while, and then I got snagged up to go and work with Joel working in in uh in scotland for about six weeks the age of 17 just going kind of like an on tour sort of thing not really had a kind of house gig during the uh, the fringe festival and all that and that was just uh awesome coming of age kind of kind of um milestone life achievement sort of moment there and then i come back home and graduate and that was uh that was, you know, that was good. Good final year of school and all that. Wow. <laughs> and then since then, okay, so uh, just kind of teaching music. I started about the age of 16 and uh, just doing uh, helping neighborhood kids uh, that mom had contacts with preschool, naturally. Lots mm-hmm. of contacts there. And uh, yeah, that, that kept going as long as I was still living at home. And then when I moved out, I stopped for a while and then picked it back up again when I was in college I applied to work at Long and McQuaid as a teacher and for some reason they hired me <laughs> I was not what exactly what I would call a um, qualified guitar teacher but nonetheless I got in there and did the best I could and that taught me a lot and that got me a job as working in sales with Long and McQuaid eventually mm-hmm. and after that I moved to Clearwater here where there was basically a unique situation of really having a, a, a fresh market 
as far as music was concerned, it's a very artsy kind of musical town, but it's kind of only accessible to the older generation. So folks who kind of grew up in the 70s who were really exposed to like what we'd consider the golden era of rock music and all that, right? So so the kids there, they didn't really have a lot of access to music classes or, or whatever. I had recently heard just before we moved that uh, a music teacher had just moved out of town and that was like the only one of the only piano teachers around. And so it kind of gave me a unique, unique uh, situation to deal with. So I kind of just started doing some with, with teaching music it's a slow process right especially if no one knows who you are mm-hmm. but you start from the, the ground up and you get a few clients word of mouth spreads and and uh, next thing you know I'm working full-time just uh, just teaching wow. here in a small town of uh, less than 5,000 and I could be too busy I just <laughs> I'm at a point where I'm scaling the business back recently have uh, hired a few teachers as you may know. And uh, so I got some help with the demand that is for music in this small town. Where that goes from here is kind of anyone's guess, hoping to expand the business into multi-studio building that's going to have access for the whole town and beyond to music classes of all sizes for all styles, all ages, all all opportunities and all that. But um, one step at a time. <laughs> wow. So in a, that, that's that's a little nutshell. That's a thin nutshell of uh, of kind of what what we're dealing with here. But uh, you know things things have uh, taken me taken me through some pretty crazy uh, situations and times and 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 uh, moments of growth. Um, you know, especially through music. Uh, just just my journey through you know kind of discovery of mm-hmm. the heavier, the darker. The, the, the better it was for me, you know, and, um, but also kind of like also having moments of going for the really lighter music and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the almost kind of, and then the sacred music as it were, that was, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's also just like, uh, you got, you got the, the light side and the dark side and that's, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you can relate to that and you've yeah. got the gray side too. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just trying to make sure things kind of stay open and available for, for everyone and, uh, it's been good, you know, trying to find the opportunities to go play at the at the hospital and all that for the senior center and trying to find some free gigs where I can go and just play for uh, the event in the park or whatever. It's it's great. Wow. And I actually have the, 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 the ability to do that. And music has given me the ability to sustain, you know, my family as well as have fun with, with what I do. And wow. I think it's really special and unique and... Uh, you know, it's still one of those trades that's not viewed as as important as, say, plumbing or carpentry or or truck driving or whatever. But let's let's face it; these this is this is the reason why we live, right? It's for the arts. Mm. It's for the it's for the music we get to experience. Yeah, yeah, it's important. I think the town recognizes that here, and that's really cool. That's a good feeling. So. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome! Wow, yeah, man. I got another intense question for you. Oh, intense! Bring it. Why music? Why did music inspire you? Like, why did what led you down this road? I have no idea. I I don't I don't know. I it just it just happened. Here's the thing: um, humans are uh, are accredited to their their predecessor. Everything that they are, everything that they do, is because of who raised them and all that. And I think that because growing up, I was I had access to a lot of music through dad especially through dad's side of the family and all that every gathering was very musical and uh there was always guitars around and there was always any chance we had to play music in a group 
with just guitars or with a full PA system or, or mm-hmm. whatever. It was, they jumped on it and it was, it was great. I and mean, you could feel the energy from that. And, you know, going through all my piano lessons growing up and all that and going through school and I kind of realized the only class I ever really got a lot of good marks in was music. <laughs> and it was like, well, I, why can't they just be, why can't they be the case for math class? Why can't for language arts? No, no, it wasn't always great. It was, it was, it was satisfactory at best. Um, but music was always kind of top notch. And it, I, I don't know, it just, it's got to do with the fact that people either have it or they don't. Right. And I'm talking about the ear for music, mm. the ability to, to pick out pitch, the ability to hear a melody and recreate it on an instrument later on, the ability to relate pitch from one item you hear a lot of and be able to hear it and say everyday life, that sort of thing. So I, I just, I just ran with the punches. I just kind of decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Even when I moved to, Clear, to Clearwater, it was like, okay, I got an opportunity to be someone else or to, mm-hmm. to, to try something else. The lumber mill that was operating at the time was they paid really well. It was unionized and just needed some more construction experience. And they had apprenticeship programs and all that. That's, that was like more or less paid for. And it's like, oh yeah, it sounds great. You get an electrician's ticket. That'd be that'd be such a cool thing. In in, in theory, <laughs> I yeah. have no idea what it's involved. It, it sounds cool. That that's all. That's all, yeah. right? It didn't happen. Uh, my application was rejected. But at this point, it was kind of like, well, th- this is what the town already knows me for is the music guy. Mm. You know, so I don't need your job. I'm set. I'm fine. I'm gonna just do this thing, and yeah. I, I've been doing this, and it's been successful for me. It's been good to me. So. Yeah, why why fight it at this point here? Let's just roll with it. Let's just see where this goes. It's yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> wow, tell me what it's like though. Like when I don't know when the song just hits right, or like when you're in that song oh, and yeah. you're playing everything just right, and mm, you're feeling yeah. that energy. Like, what's that like? The only word I can think of to describe it is ethereal. That's a good word. It's it's out of body. I mean, like you're 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 there, but there's this universal synchronization that just happens everything lines up every molecule of energy in your body you can feel it it's moving you notice things and you don't notice things it's i don't know man it's it's something else i often have a have a motto of you know trying to remember in every moment where i'm in where i'm just like this is this is just the best i take a snapshot i try to take a mental snapshot of that exact moment just go remember this right here and i just kind of open my eyes and i look around and this is often what I would do on stage. I would just take a, I would just take a quick moment and just look at the rest of the band, just grooving and in in sync with the beat, and just go, "Yep, click. That is excellent. I'm taking that with me." Wow. You know, the feeling is it's powerful. It's med it's meditation. It's it's really no different than say meditating for an hour or so and kind of reaching that uh, that state of just like lost. You're, you can't hear anything, you can't see, you can kind of see everything, and you're just floating. You're just kind of just, you're just kind of there and present, but you're in full control. And so when you're playing an instrument with a band and you're just grooving on stage with the adrenaline from the audience and all that, it hits you like uh, just everything right about life, everything right about the world just hits you at that moment. Wow. And you just feel great. 
I don't know, man. Humans are out to seek pleasure in all forms and and avoid pain, right? So you know, with this is the, this is the best high you can get without drugs is being on stage with a good band and just jamming, grooving hard, and having the audience in there with you. It's it's just magical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it yeah. was. Um, I don't remember his first name. I think his last name was Durkheim. But he once said that that phenomenon is called collective effervescence. Collective effervescence. I like it. Right? Effervescence. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, just thinking of Eno now. <laughs> you know, we were talking a little bit about having all the guitars around the house growing up. And right. dad always playing the guitar. And um, pretty much that whole side of the family was very musical mm-hmm. now can i just uh, tell you about the time i feel as though this is the first time you showed dad your self-taught skills of guitar oh yes do tell yes but i would like to uh get your your take on the story but you know tell me about the time when you first showed dad how that you could play tears in heaven <laughs> you want me to tell you i don't remember man <laughs> I don't remember this. I re- I remember like studying the crap out of that song for like a month straight. Right. I feel like I remember like coming downstairs and you're like playing the song and you know you're just like, is dad home? I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, you're good. Okay, mm. good. And then you keep going, but then if dad was home, you'd be like, oh, okay, put it away. Right. Because it's almost <laughs> like you were uh, you're trying to like hide it from him until you were like sure. just good and ready. Yeah. And um. I remember just the day, you know, you're just like, hey, dad, can I show you something? I've been playing around on a guitar. Can I show you? And oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, you playing guitar. What? Oh, that's uh, that's cool. <laughs> how'd you how'd you learn that? OK, show me. Show me what you're playing. And then, Good. bam, tears in heaven, you know, just like, and it's just the whole I remember sitting there in on in the dining room table upstairs Right. And I'm sitting there with him because I think I kind of just was watching your journey a little bit, mm-hmm. your secretive journey. And then you finish the song and his mouth is on the table just like, jeez, <laughs> oh, where did you learn that? How would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I wanted to get your take. I wanted to, like, how come you wanted to uh, um, surprise dad with that? Uh I've always kind of liked the element of surprise. <laughs> you know, if there's a way you can kind of like hide your cards a little bit to provide a little bit more of a catch or a hook for the audience, then it, it's it it goes a long way, right? Um, so I think in I think in Dad's case, it was kind of like you know, uh, um, we hang out in the basement so much, and so that's where we watch TV. And so I'm just kind of noodling on the guitar, taught myself how to read tab. Uh, sorry, sorry, no, I got I got taught how to read tab, taught myself how to kind of take it further from there, and then I think it was um, working with Matt because that was a piece that he was trying to learn and so we were kind of like learning songs together side by side and we would kind of like have a hangout every once in a while and compare songs and all that and we were both kind of learning the stuff together and Mm -hmm. so I think there was a little bit of that in there that's kind of pushing me to just kind of try to learn these specific songs but that one it was just kind of like oh I really like this 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 sounds good and I feel proud of this let's let's show let's show dad who I really look up to and -hmm. see if he approves and I guess it worked (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know a lot of my inspiration comes from 
growing up with the cousins and playing in a band with them and just kind of taking on their uh, their style and their personality. Um, it's, it's probably a lot of who I am today, but <laughs> that and Family Guy, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I remember that being just like a really, I don't know, a really special moment, at least mm-hmm. for me. I just remember just like being in the background, listening on the whole thing and just being like, wow, this is cool. That's nice, yeah. Yeah. Now, you were also mentioning a bit about going to Scotland when you were 17. Right, right. So, you know, tell me about the time. Like, how did that all happen? Like, how does one at 17 years old get an opportunity like that? And yeah, tell yeah. tell us the story. It's It feels so random. And uh, let me think here. It was summer of 2001, I want to say. Yeah, let's go with that. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> 2001. I, we, uh, I got a call on my brand new cell phone from uh, uh, from Joel Hanna. And for some reason, he wanted to take me on on the road with his tap dance slash rock band for for a performance during a fringe festival in the city called Edinburgh. And I'm all like, oh. Well, that's interesting. You choose me. Okay. Well, the, cool. Oh, where's Edinburgh? <laughs> How did he choose you? Like, why did he think of you? I mean, I think he knew I played music. I played rock music. I had quite a punk rock kind of style, and that's kind of I guess I guess that's kind of what he was looking for in the band is kind of like representations of branches of, of rock music, hmm. um, and he wanted someone who kind of fit that look. So. I, I, I'm thinking that's where it came from. <laughs> I think I know oh. where this came from. Okay, okay. There was a uh, a party, I think it was a Christmas party, at Tony Comerford's house. Okay. Where he invited all of the Irish dance alumni, parents, and everything. And you decided to bring your bass guitar. Mm. And okay. you set it up, and you played some bass for everybody. I don't know what you played exactly, but it was definitely impressive enough. But I think Joel Hanna was there. I, I kind of remember, I had this image of you you know just like a christmas tree in the background tony comerford and his husband chris and Mm -hmm. joel and like me mom and like all Mm -hmm. of my old dance friends and you're just up there just like playing fraser you know the fraser theme song (laughs) fraser oh are you talking no i think you mean like seinfeld they're doing the seinfeld bass line maybe (laughs) oh yes i don't know something like that yes it was just like some like iconic bass line and i think i remember (laughs) joel hannah starting to like approach mom and like whispering in mom's ear and i think that's how he got your number Okay. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. But anyways. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So basically like I, I, I couldn't fully understand what was happening, but he came over one day with, uh, and dad was there and kind of just gave us the whole rundown of the whole plan and said he was kind of paying for everything just to take me along and playing every single night, except for a few Sunday nights here and there. And we had to uh, go and promote the show during the whole festival every day. Every day, and oh. yeah, just kind of a uh, we had accommodations covered and yada yada yada. And it was like, yeah, what a shoe in. That sounds great. Who'd say no to that? So we had to go do a bunch of rehearsals, dance studio in Vancouver for probably about a month or so. Total blur. <laughs> and then we uh, jumped on a plane, got to Scotland, and continued rehearsals in a big giant dance studio. And next thing you know, we're playing our thing nightly on stage in front of a couple hundred people. It was pretty much sold out every single night of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Wow. We were one of the top five acts to see that year. Wow. It was it was intense. It was incredible. 
it definitely gave me a little bit of an ego coming back and then finishing high school yeah. you know, grade 12. But, you know, it, that was a good time, too, because, you know, I came home. I, I was definitely fueled up on confidence and things were great. And basically, like immediately after school started, it was like, oh, I met Amber. Sweet. Wow. Things got things got even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it was a great experience. And it definitely kind of paved the way for how I kind of lived life after that. I really just kind of worked hard at trying to kind of get back there, you know, mm. try to find a way to get into musical business that will, will get me there again. Up, up until I think about the age of 30, and that was the age where, you know, I remember if, uh, <laughs> there's the golden rule, if you don't make it by the age of 30, then you should just quit. Oh. And I know it's a terrible thing to hear, but it's that was kind of what the thing you'd hear in like the 70s and 80s rock bands that are that were in fact trying to make it. If you, if you get past the age 30 and you haven't made it yet, it's kind of like, it, it might, it's probably not going to happen. Mm. Um, so at that point, I was kind of like, okay, I hit the age of 30, bands weren't working out, and I just kind of decided, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this myself. I'm gonna go my own way. I'm gonna, gonna work with my strengths, continue teaching music. That seems to be a hit, and that's kept me busy and kept me going. And I think I think everyone's been been better for it. <laughs> yeah, putting, well, putting my skills to use. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Are you uh, willing to share any stories of your time in Scotland, or oh. do you remember anything? Or Ooh. yeah, plenty. Okay, okay. There were plenty of days of craziness. Yeah, I want to know more. <laughs> so there were how many people in the cast? I want to say like maybe 15 cast and crew. Like we had a light guy, we had a sound. No, I can't remember. Anyways, we had we had a pretty big crew of people. And so we were divided between two like flats. We had one smaller apartment, one way bigger one. I mm-hmm. was in the smaller one with Joel and a bunch of other folks. And mm-hmm. the rest were in the big space the first few nights there obviously with a trip like that you're jet lagged as all hell yeah and i remember i passed out one afternoon and i woke up in the evening and the entire place was empty this was the first moment i was 17 years old i'm in scotland and and the apartment is empty i don't know i don't have a phone i can't really contact anyone there's no i don't have internet where i am right this is this is 2001 two, two, I think 2002. So I'm just kind of like, well, I don't know what to do. I got I got some cash on me. I'm going to go walk around and find a pub. And that's what I did. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I, I, I left and uh, yeah, found a, found a pub just a couple doors down and sat down. And I can't understand the bartender at all, but I had about three pints or so and i had a really drunk scotsman try to teach me some tongue twisters which if you can imagine a really drunk scotsman with a really thick accent trying to talk at you and on top of that trying to teach you tongue twisters as soon as i tried to copy what he did he he just kind of did that I was like, yeah, I, you're, yeah, I don't understand the first word, let alone the second. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm getting, I'm, I'm having some drinks and all that, and kind of like, this is cool. I'm 17. I'm not supposed to be here, but I am, and this is, this is fun. And then I kind of realized, oh shit, I don't have a key to get back in. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. And I also don't know exactly where the other flat is. 
because I'm in Scotland. <laughs> so I um walked I walked back to the 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 entrance to the apartment. It's one of those like you know like like you know British style like you got shop fronts on the on the, the bottom yeah. uh, bottom floor you got a few doorways that lead up to the upper apartments and all that mm-hmm. so I go to the door and I'm kind of like okay there's a buzzer which buzzer which buzzer is it oh no I didn't know. that thing was labeled no <laughs> where the hell am I oh damn it so I I pressed I pressed one oh okay nothing happened okay I pressed another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it this sucks this really sucks oh, and I just stopped pressing I just kind of this moment of like shit what do I do and the next thing you know the door flung open one of my flatmates I'm like, oh hey the buzzer rang like, oh tank fuck <laughs> <laughs> I was like yes okay yes perfect alright save the oh. day and then the next, the next day I got a key and everything was fine after that <laughs> but it's just oh, oh this is a good way to kind of step into the environment you know, yeah. do what the locals do, yeah. and then forget your key to get back home. And you know, <laughs> oh my god, no, I got I got way better stories than that. But um, that was kind of one of the first ones that I remembered because it was kind of like this whole, just this whole like, oh, I've never been to Europe by myself. I've never been anywhere before by myself, and that's one of the first things that I remember and first oh memories god. I have. <laughs> well, okay, I I guess I I can't get you off the hook quite yet about oh. Scotland. All right, all right, because. Uh, uh, you came home with some jewelry in your face. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell me more about that. So the dance studio we were rehearsing in had one of the top tattoo and piercing artists in the world working just a few blocks away. So Really? And for some reason walking around the whole eyebrow piercing thing was really popular. So I kind of just decided, screw it. I want to get a souvenir that's not going to get lost easily. That's not going to get consumed easily. That's not going to just disappear. It's going to be attached to me. And I don't want a tattoo because I can't make that kind of commitment. So I decided to get the needle through my uh, my right eyebrow. And it was awesome. I barely felt it. And I took really good care of it. And just felt so, like, empowering. You know, like this. Yeah, I freaking did it, girl. <laughs> um, but it was whole. Like it was. It was funny because at this point, like I'm. I'm still like I'm underage for drinking. Technically, I'm underage for getting tattoos and piercings. So I go. I go in there and we're talking about it, and they tell me a price and all that. Like, oh, great! I'll give them some cash and all that. And like, oh, I just gotta check your ID. I'm like, oh, damn it! And Joel, like, I think what did he do? He like he like uh, he asked me to like sneak him my ID behind our backs or something just after they asked that and they're all like i see that what is that and they're like oh oh okay all right all right well here's his id i'm uh, he's he's underage but technically i'm his like you know guardian while he's here in scotland and all that and they're all like oh i don't know <laughs> and you know you know a guy like that is actually very convincing if he wants to be so it oh it, it's it true out. <laughs> it worked out <laughs> Oh my but, goodness! Um, yeah, that was that was that was great. Wow! <laughs> and I remember mom was mom's reaction was what you'd expect, but uh, you know, obviously when she when she saw me later, she's like, "Oh, it's not too bad. I can live with that." Okay. <laughs> and, it, and and it, and it wasn't it wasn't getting the ears pierced yet. That was that was her thing. She didn't want me doing that yet. Mm. Eventually, I did, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Once you start, it's kind of like, oh, I could I could do a few more of those before next thing you know, you're just covered in metal. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. That was fun. That sounds like a trip you never forget. No, you don't forget that. I recommend. I highly recommend. The Dear Brambling Podcast is an association with Sona Music. Do you have a guitar or a piano that's in your home right now that's just gathering dust? Have you always wanted to turn your shower singing skills into actual singing skills? Do you find yourself to be a musical person but just never had the opportunity to properly learn? Well, Sona Music is here to help. Sona Music offers a variety of different services as well as music lessons, live sound recording, as well as instrument repair. Its home base is in Clearwater, British Columbia, but we also provide online lessons to meet people where they're at wherever they are in the world. It is within Sona Music's mission and values to promote, nurture, and expand the arts in the already flourishing and artistic community of Clearwater, British Columbia. Its mission is also to drive the next generation of skilled musicians and artists to their full potential, enriching the lives of everyone they're around. If you'd like to inquire about any services or lessons, please do so by visiting www.sonamusic.ca. to shift gears just a little bit okay. and I wanted to run a quote by you. Alright. A quote that I, I think about a lot and I want to get your thoughts on it. So I think it was, um, was it Charles Debussy who said, music is in the silence between the notes. You mean Claude Debussy. Oh, it's Claude. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. I'm sorry. Claude, I I only wrote Debussy on my notes here, so I was just like, I know it's like something C, something, it's Charles, right? It's Charles. Close enough. Um, you're going to have to tell me that quote one more time. I got, I got hung up on you just trying to get that name out. <laughs> Music is the silence between the notes. Hmm. What does that mean to you? Okay. I, mean, you... I know you're turning this right back. Reverse card. <laughs> yeah, you know the reverse card. Totally. No, you know what? That's not fair. Hang on. Let me. No, let no, me, it's let okay. Me reverse your reverse there. That's not really fair because you're asking me what that means, and I'm just. If it if it helps you uh, get your gears turning, I can talk to you about it a little bit. I think of a few things. Yeah. No, you know what? I can I can answer that. I think okay. of a few different things here. I think about it's the 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 you said it's the notes between the silence. Music is the silence between the notes. The silence between the notes. You know how back when I was in high school, I was doing drums and percussion, mm-hmm. mostly doing the, the job that most people didn't want to do, which was kind of the auxiliary percussion, which was like playing the timpani, the xylophone, the chimes, and cymbals and all that junk. And I remember there was one concert where Dad got really upset with the band teachers because the only thing I did was hit crash cymbals like once or twice in an entire like long long performance and he kind of had to talk to the teachers when just kind of like what the hell is this like 
I don't pay money to these 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 performances just to see you know the instrument struck twice by my kid. What's all this? And they kind of said, well, it actually goes to show there is incredible skill involved in being able to count so many beats and measures and be able to strike your instrument right at that exact perfect time to bring the entire piece together. That takes a lot of skill. And Dad kind of said, like, that's great. I don't see it. You know. And it was kind of okay, okay, okay. I get it. Like you know, yeah, yeah. So, so I, what I kind of think you're, you're you're learning to, in one way, is the ability to refrain from trying to constantly produce sound and entertainment in music is more important than self satisfaction and say trying to learn how to play a riff because you like it, mm-hmm. right? So, learning how to do something meaningfully, purposefully, and deliberately, as opposed to just I love ACDC, I want to learn how to play Thunderstruck because it rocks. Mm. There's a depth to music that is really felt mm. only by, say, someone who is trained to convey emotion, feeling through the music that they're playing. Now, having said that, I also do believe that a lot of that kind of ties into the tip of the iceberg as a musician, which is the technique and the practice involved in that. Mm. So the silence between the notes, like that could be taken literally as when when to play and when to be silent. And that could also be taken as what do you do in between your performances? What, mm. did, what did it take you to get to a point of performance? The, the training involved in doing any kind of job can be extensive. It could take an entire lifetime and you can't even master how it's supposed to be done fully. But music is one of those things where you could say you've mastered it. But there's always, there will always be another angle hmm. that you haven't explored, whether it's physically in this in this world or it's mathematically in physics or in space-time. There's always a music or a frequency vibration that exists that you haven't studied or learned before that can be applied to a manipulation of emotional state. And how you go about applying that in your performance is mm-hmm. what makes a musician unique. And so when I think about the silence between notes, I think about the work between practices, the work between performances, and what it took to get to that point. Mm. It's not an overnight thing. We all know that. It's, it's not even a one-year thing. To get to a point where you're satisfied with your music to the point where you can, you are satisfied that you've entertained someone, that takes time. That takes a lot of failure first, mm. honestly, to understand what that takes. I'm not even there. I'm nowhere near there. But I feel that every time I perform, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little closer to that. And that's kind of where there's a line where you go from screwing up every performance and making it really awkward to enjoying every performance and feeling that spiritual connection, as you Mm. would. And it's a blurred line between those two sides, but you don't get from one to the other without failing, without trying, without just giving it your best shot. And so I think what you're saying with that is space between the lines, as it were, right? Mm -hmm. What goes on in the backgrounds versus what do we see? What's the tip of the iceberg and what's the rest of it? Mm -hmm. It's, It's often more than we could ever imagine. And yet we just look at it and we go, that's awesome. That guy can just, that guy can play. That guy can sing. That girl can, can, can play. That's awesome. And you just sit there and you just soak it in. You just enjoy it. You just love it. And then you move on with your life. It's so short-lived, and yet people devote their life to giving that to everyone else. The silence between the notes, that is music. That is dedication. That is art. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That was cool. That was an awesome little riff (laughs) going on there. That was awesome. Yeah, no, I think about this quote so much myself in many different contexts as well. If I were to take it literally, if there was no, like, say, rests written into music notation... 
all you would have is just whole note after whole note after whole note after whole note after whole note. And they'd be maybe sliding into different, but there'd be no chance to breathe. Sure. I mean, like, literally, that's kind of... And all it is is just... And it's like... Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess maybe in a sense there's uh, some kind of music in that, but it doesn't really feel like there's any soul in that. And so for me, putting in, like, rests and breaks and, you know, silence really allows space for the soul. Yeah. And I think in a really amazing way... The soul lies within the silence. The soul lies within the nothingness. For me, that's the best way I can describe a soul, is that it's the nothingness in between. And I think Debussy really nailed that for me there. I think um, there's also another popular saying that goes around. I'm not sure if it was Viktor Frankl who said it, but I do know that he's very well known for writing things like this. But he said, in between stimulus and response... There is a space. Mm. Yep. And uh, for me, I feel like Viktor Frankl and Debussy were like in this in the same wavelength when they said these types of things. If you don't have space in between stimulus and response, you have many things. You have regret. You have violence. You have anger. You have a lot of things that are just not healthy. Negative, (laughs) negative emotions. Yeah, it's so important to cherish the space or the silence between between stimulus and response. You know what I really liked what you said on your little riff there is like the performance it, I'm kind of just mm-hmm. generalizing what you said but it's the performance that doesn't really define the musician it's the time in between it's the rehearsals in between it's the time spent it's the iceberg underneath right. the ocean right. and that's essentially the silence in between the the performances at the same time yes it's important to practice any skill that you want to go into if it's music if it's dance if it's basketball if it's hockey i don't know you know like it's important to practice but what about the silence or the space between all of that practice as well to let some space for your soul the untold story yeah i just think that's probably one of the most important quotes i could ever have in my entire life is that music is the silence between the notes right and just your your example of like being in concert band and like all you did was play two crash cymbals the whole Mm -hmm. concert holding that time and counting that time and making sure you crash those symbols at the right moment you're the soul of it i remember you uh dad telling me this story Mm -hmm. too and one of the things that i think it was mr clements i think what he said was but brendan's the only one skilled enough to do these parts right right and like even though it doesn't seem like you're doing a lot the reality is is there's just so much skill in the silence right exactly yeah there's 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 a lot of power in refrain holding back and and coming mm-hmm. in at the exact right moment now uh another thing i wanted to get your your thoughts on people often say that they want more harmony in their lives okay. what, what does that mean to you well harmony in their life is basically something that will go along with their routine when we talk about harmony we're talking about consonant two consonant pitches and consonant just simply refers to two frequencies that that blend that are pleasing to the ear Mm -hmm. so when you think about harmony in life that's kind of just a figure of speech saying i want to do more active things i want to do more positive things in my life that will not interfere with my routine that will in fact complement it 
at the same time, we understand that harmony is is two different pitches that work together. Mm. So if someone's talking about harmony in life, you know, I think I think there's a little bit of a sense of like speculative, of course, whether or not someone actually understands what harmony actually means. There's going to be some juxtaposition. There's going to be some kind of negative charge between what they're trying to add to their life and their routine, and what versus what they're actually doing. But it's supposed to complement, in mm. essence. That that's what it comes down to. It's supposed to complement each other in some form. Oh. So so harmony in life is is mm. if you're trying to get more harmony in life, it means you're trying to add more quality to mm. your life. Yeah. So that's interesting. Would you stand by the statement that like you know harmony is supposed to complement, like the two notes are supposed to complement each other? It, it's just an, I I just asked that simply because I was just mainly taught that harmony is just two notes that are played together. Harmony could be three or more. Or you could yeah, be right, three, right? three, or like two two or more notes that are played yeah. together. And I was kind of always just taught that it doesn't really matter if they sound good together or not. It's still considered a harmony of sorts. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, you can have absolute dissonance, and it's still defined as harmony. Mm, yes. It's just not a good harmony. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's overlooked in that, that statement previously is, yeah, good harmony <laughs> as opposed right? to, oh, what's 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 the worst uh, worst harmonies that we know of? The minor second, um, <laughs> the, the major seventh isn't great. Um, <laughs> the tritone is not pleasant. Yeah fully diminished chords just sound like you just need to be stabbed to that chord repeatedly <laughs> on the highest keys on the piano you know <laughs> yeah 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 ear bleed material ear bleed material and like i don't know i, I feel like maybe even going back to the debussy quote but like you kind of need those cacophonous chords to complement the nice sounding ones that's right there there is no release without tension and so music is is entirely based upon that building tension, climax, and then release. Mm. So it's like it's like your classic uh, story, you know, structure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think some composers, some classical composers, do this a lot better than others. But I've often enjoyed this, this specifically about uh, say Beethoven, because he incorporates not just the the tension release but also includes the 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 dynamic changes as well so i think a big part of his success was the fact that he had such contrast in his forte and piano and he would go in and out of those at will instantly you know in essence kind of almost kind of like startling the audience and then having them lean in to listen closely because it's too quiet and then it's too loud again I think that creates a little bit of a roller coaster for the audience, and if it's done well, if it tells the story, and it's including those, this whole harmony conversation, then you've got a masterpiece right there. That's that's all it takes. Well, it's not. It's not. It's it's a lot more complicated than just that. But yeah, that's kind of the 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 skeleton, as it were. I think of a good masterpiece, like a classic, something that 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 transcends time. You know. Totally. Yeah. Can I run by you a theory or a hypothesis or like a, a metaphor? I'm not really sure what to call it yet, but can I run by something by you? You may run some words by me, yeah. Okay, so in a relationship, to have harmony with another person or to make sure that that relationship is harmonious, mm-hmm. right? In my mind, I like to think about two singers holding a note. Okay. 
and sustaining that note. And maybe they're doing like um, a major third or um, a major fifth or something. It sounds nice, right? And, you know, they're holding that note. And in in a perfect world, they have an infinite supply of air. So they can just constantly just sing this note. However, that's not to say that, you know, muscles weaken and losing that intensity doesn't weaken or strengthen or tighten sometimes. So sometimes, you know, maybe one singer might fall a bit flat Mm -hmm. and now suddenly they're in two different interval and they're now sounding crunchy, Mm. right? Mm. I think in a sense, harmony, or at least getting to the good harmony requires two singers who are able to listen to each other in that harmony and maybe adjust and adjust to it. Because, you know, if, if all you're doing is singing the same note and the, your your partner starts weakening or over or tightening, getting a little too sharp, and all you're doing is just doing the same note, and you're just like, "This is this is the job. I'm supposed to just sing this note. You're not singing this note. What the hell's going on? I'm just going to keep doing my job." Then you might be sustaining a lot more dissonance than you would compliment. <laughs> so, like in a sense, I feel as though. The word harmony is not really used correctly in society these days. You know, like, I want my relationship with my partner to be more harmonious. Well, I think the reality is, is that you're always in harmony. I think it just takes two singers or two instrumentalists with good ears. Yeah. Um, Can I just say, I have never heard someone use that term before. (laughs) (laughs) I want my relationship to be more harmonious. I don't think I've ever heard that said before. That's really throwing me off right now. Sorry, I don't mean to throw uh, you no, off. Okay. I, I know where you're going with it. Um, I'm just trying to... Uh, uh, trying to imagine someone say that? Trying to, I'm trying to trying to speak in metaphors of, of music and in, in relationship terms. It's really... <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's kind of funny. Um, roll sorry, roll with question? me. <laughs> what well, was the question? I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I just wanted to like run something by you and Right, okay. So clearly just someone saying I want my relationship to be more harmonious is like what? It cracks me up. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if like anything in that metaphor or in that thing kind of resonated with you. You know, uh um Okay, yeah, what resonates with me about that is that, yeah, I think you're right. The, the, the wording, is, the phrasing is just, it, it, it's, not, it's not said correctly. It's not used in the correct context. Okay. I mean, it's like, okay, generally, yeah, harmony just means uh, things that, that flow together. But it's kind of like, I don't know, it just, it's, it's I'm trying to think of another example of this. Um, okay, here, yeah. Uh, when when people say use the the term their spirit animal is when in actual fact that that's kind of how do I say from what I have heard it can kind of actually be thought of as a, a bit of a bit offensive to say Native Americans who actually have to go on or have had a history of going on spirit journeys or spirit walks that were intense that were deadly that were like a rite of passage and you actually you know commune with spirit animal it's not this harry potter stuff in fact if you're gonna go to harry potter talk about your patronus animal that's a little bit less taking right. <laughs> misappropriating culturally uh someone else's uh someone else's history and all that right right so i kind of think like yeah okay it's like okay you want more harmony in your life okay what does that mean to you is what I would follow it up with because I think 
when people think about harmony, I think they just think about just a, a flowing river and the fish go the same direction as the water and the pebbles go the same direction. Everything goes the same direction. Yeah. But it's like, uh, sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah. I don't know, that's kind of how I hear that. That's kind of how I feel when I hear that. But I, honestly, I've like I said, I've never heard that used before in that way. Yeah, it was just a it was a thought that I had a little while ago. Did you hear someone use that term? Yeah, I like okay, I, I okay. do hear some people, especially you know those who are really like who really like practice like spirituality and like oh yeah okay okay you know like harmony is definitely a buzzword sure um, that's been passed around a lot and I do feel like it might be seeped in maybe toxic positivity if I dare say. Like harmony is something that needs to be positive in your life. That needs to be something that, you know, this and that, that and this. But it, in my opinion, I just really feel as though harmony extends in both ways. Harmony is a spectrum. And, you know, if we were to actually take in two instrumentalists who play in harmony, how can I like work this metaphor a little bit more? (laughs) You know, that's just kind of what I was thinking. Um, So maybe I took you off guard a little bit. Well, that, but... no, but, well, actually, you, you brought up a good point. I think that we, what you're, we're talking about, like someone who maybe, say, practices on a regular basis meditation is going to understand this concept of harmony better than, say, the average Joe who uses it willy-nilly, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you're, if you're actually actively meditating on a regular basis, you're going to feel harmony on a regular basis, too, right? You're going to feel mm-hmm. energies, and they will create a frequency and a vibration and they will either they will harmonize with other things in the world either positively or negatively Mm -hmm. i yeah if someone's using it in that context sure i would understand that Mm. yeah absolutely but it's it's hard i try not to judge i really try not to judge i i do get hung up on words sometimes it's if i hear someone say or miss like pronounce a word differently Suddenly, everything they say after that word becomes Charlie Brown's teacher. Really? Yeah, I just kind of like, why did you say it like that? <laughs> but, but it's it's pronounced. You're from wait are, oh, and they kind of they ask they do the whole ask me a question thing. You know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I feel like I kind of got sidetracked there with uh, with your last question but no um, no no. It, it's all good i just wanted to have like a little free form little just run by an idea with you and see what your thoughts were just because I, I don't know when i i hear the words harmony a little too much and it just uh i feel like it's used incorrectly as well you know yeah. i think maybe we're on the same wavelength as well <laughs> in that <laughs> regard sure yeah but uh it, i hear it a lot and i just feel as though a musician's take on what mm-hmm. harmony actually is is probably mm-hmm. more correct than the astrology charts might be saying or not to really like debunk or like do any slander against astrology you know i do think there's a lot of generosity in the whole thing but right. sometimes we can get blinded <laughs> by some of these things yeah yeah i think um one thing to consider here is you have to ask yourself have you experienced harmony have you have you actually felt harmony Mm. have you felt the vibration of harmony through your body do you actually know what it is you can't say you've you've listened to music through your headphones or through a a stereo system and heard harmonization therefore you've heard harmony Mm. that's not the same 
as say going to a symphony orchestra and hearing a cello, a viola, and a violin, and a double bass harmonizing. That's different because that is the bow dragging across the strings creates a vibration that goes through the musician's body, through the stage, and into the audience. Mm. So if you're sitting close enough to the stage, you will actually feel the vibration of the bow on the string for each and every instrument. You will feel harmony as well as hearing it. And I think that's a little bit more along the lines of what a true experience of harmony is about mm. uh, as far as you know, musically is concerned. Of course, there's, there's other ways you can take this. You could, you could, you could simply just say, I'm going to take my computer and I'm going to generate harmony and I'm going to play it over some kind of analog speaker system. Uh, no electronics, like a, like a phonograph or whatever. I'm going to print it to a vinyl. I'm going to, sure you could. Yeah, that would probably sound pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But something about wooden instruments just mm-hmm. produces a life to sound and frequency that nothing else can. No amount of wires and metal and digital electricity and all that can duplicate. So I really do think that classical music, the experience of it should be kept alive. It should be conserved simply because that is true harmony, that is true melody, that is true sound, that is true experience Hmm. of the art of music. And, you know, if it weren't for me going to school, going to college and uh, and all that, I wouldn't have gotten to experience that Hmm. because we had to go and see some of the VSO performances, well, not performances, or rehearsals and all that. And it's like nothing else in the world. You don't get to watch YouTube performances of symphonies and experience that. You don't. Never. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's something else. No, totally. I think what you're saying about a symphony orchestra is also a similar feeling to what it was like being in the choir for me or like right. witnessing really talented choirs. Right. There's something about being in that note and having your head and your throat producing resonance that like actually melts in with all the other sound around you exactly yeah it synchronizes yeah it's really cool and you know i remember doing like vocal jazz choir and going to a festival and all of my classmates and i were sitting in the the theater and we watched this one choir i think from like deep cove or something go up and just literally melt our minds (laughs) with how well and how together they were they were able to like hold notes but then like certain sections of the choir would like shift down the note to kind of like create more tension or create more release and then maybe they might even like stack notes on top of each other in kind of that like a wave in a sense like a wave of harmony sure hitting yeah and it was just like holy crap there's there's nothing like this oftentimes the reaction would be just like people melting into their chair head over top of the (laughs) head over top of the the chair back it's completely deflated deflated and like they're just a puddle of a human right it was just the typical (laughs) thing you know it's uh it's really it's really remarkable it's cool so tell me brendan shifting gears just one more a few more times okay what's What's the best part of teaching music for you? Mm, best part of teaching, uh, it's gotta be it's gotta be the light bulb moments. Mm. It's gotta be when a student gets it. 
So I really enjoy doing the first five lessons with a student. The first, yeah, the fir- like the first few because that's kind of my chance to kind of like get a student excited about their instrument. Mm. Provided I've done my job properly, they are excited to come back and learn something new, get a step closer to reaching their reaching their goals, whatever that might be, however lofty that might be. I really enjoy putting on the recitals and seeing the students getting the chance to play something they put a lot of effort into and finally got. Mm. Like so I got some students that are just like naturally gifted. They they don't put a ton of effort into what they do and they always sound great. But it's the ones that really have to put the work in and and do that really stand out to me as just having that moment of yes, that's mm. why I'm doing this. That's right. Mm. But I definitely have moments of just like just being like I I just like what am I why am I doing this This is hard This is painful This is they don't get it the homework They don't study They're not they're not they're not doing their job But what else am I supposed to do about it Right I'm doing what I'm asked to do I'm going above and beyond as whenever whenever I can If they want to reach for the stars I'll I'll give them the the boost they need Right And it's when that actually happens that it makes me so reassured about my 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 place in the universe Hmm. so i think those are probably the best times on occasion i'll i'll see a student former student has you know joined a band and they're very successful or 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 whatever and that's 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 just so cool to see Hmm. uh moments like that too are, are are definitely worth it just just really seeing the student success is awesome but you know it for me too it also kind of just proves that you know i've taught that student a concept that I, at this point, should now have mastered. You know, it's it's kind of like the whole the whole my whole reasoning for going into teaching was so that really so that I could learn how to be good at the guitar, right? How do you how do you get good at something? You got to know how to teach it. If you can't teach the basic concepts of something to someone in its simplified form, mm-hmm. right? Simplified and then again and then again and then again, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't you don't fully have it maybe you kind of have it but you know so so for me i spent so much time just reaff- reaffirming my knowledge with an instrument by teaching it and so over time i feel a sense of pride knowing that okay i i definitely have these concepts learned mastered i'm i'm i'm, I'm passing on the knowledge correctly <laughs> Yeah, you know, I definitely, I, I definitely taught some lessons, right? I, I, I taught some in, incorrect information. You know, it is what it is, I, and I really do hope that if that person continued on with music, they caught my error and and, and fixed it. But either way, yeah. um, we've all made mistakes in that too. So it's true. Yeah, there's there's a lot of moments where it's just great. I've got parents that that thank me for for all that I'm doing. That that feels so good. And I often do tell people that if I could do this job for free, I probably would, because I don't I don't really believe that this should be something that people have to pay for a service to learn to learn music. Yeah. Unfortunately, life is crazy expensive, yeah. and again, I'm I'm supplying a demand, and I have tenure, I have experience, so mm-hmm. you know, as it is now, yeah, my services co- have to cost this much. And I want to be able to provide more. Therefore, it costs this much, and it's going to go, it's going to increase, and I'm going to cake on more, more staff, but I'm going to, I'm going to provide more services. I'm just going to keep doing a better job, you know, until I, can, until I can't, yeah. right? And then hopefully, then I can pass it on to someone else who will continue doing a better job. Um, but 
you know, yeah, I think I think that's what it all comes down to for me is just that everyone deserves to experience music mm-hmm. in its in its truest form, not just listening to it and having a favorite band or whatever, but creating it, um, using it, you know, studying it, understanding yeah. it. It's it's important. You don't you don't have to do that in life, but I think you'll be better off if you do. Personally, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Brendan, what's your uh, what's your favorite instrument to play? Versus, mm-hmm. what's your favorite instrument to teach? Favorite instrument to play versus favorite instrument to teach. I think my favorite instrument to play, you know, I have to say guitar. Mm. I'm not very good at guitar. I just, what? But I just love to play it. No, no, no. Hold on. No, I, I, I'm not. And the, what? I, the moment I think I am good is the moment I'm either drunk or I I I need to take a step back and let ego deflate a bit. I'm not that good at guitar. I know plenty of people who are miles ahead of me. I know my flaws, but I love to play it. It's so much fun to play and yeah. and with that it's probably my most favorite instrument to teach as well. You know, before I moved to Clearwater, I I didn't teach piano. I taught guitar. I taught the bass guitar and I taught some drums and that was it. So, you know, I eventually I ended up having almost more piano students than guitar students here in Clearwater. Mm. And that's just because piano is still a classic timeless instrument that most people have, you know, expectations traditionally in how it's taught and and, 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 the, and the structure and the format and how it's done and, 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 the, and the, the positive uh, development it provides for kids and all that, blah, 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 blah. But guitar was the thing that i had done for so much so so long before that that i developed such a a, a strong method that i would use in all my lessons mm. and it's it's still to this day probably my most rock solid method is on the guitar so with that i, I would probably say the guitar is probably my answer to both those questions nice having said that i mean you know i, I the piano is probably near close second. I just, uh, I'm, I, I think the piano requires a little bit more technique and finesse to do at a level that's, you know, impressive enough to, to take to the stage and all that. Mm. A guitarist can simply take a guitar and their voice and sustain a crowd for hours. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think that's a little bit more useful and applicable and, and marketable for, for a musician who, say, wants to take music as a career seriously. Right. So that was kind of where I where I went, even though in college I was a drums and percussion major. <laughs> that was, that was I'm not too sure where that was supposed to, to get me, but it was fun nonetheless, and uh, it definitely had some potential. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think it's it's got to be the guitar. Just its versatility, its its popularity. I mean, man, there's 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 easily like twenty guitar students to every one bass or even drum student that I have. Like, it's just it's just so popular yeah. that you can't not develop a, a solid method to it if you got that much popularity with an instrument totally. and that much demand to to supply in that. So, totally. yeah, that that's that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. I love it. No, oh, that's amazing. Would you be down for a quick little rapid fire? I mean, it doesn't have to be quick. You can even <laughs> launch into something as well. Okay. Um, other stories, but um, cool. you'd be down for that. I'm down. Hit okay. me. So yeah, number one, what does uh, what does vulnerability mean to you? Vulnerability is 
It's like a it's like an open wound that you're trying to protect, but also trying to heal at the wow. same time. Nice. I have to think about that. I'm gonna let that <laughs> harmonize with me. <laughs> um, no, because it's me. Yeah. I have to ask this question. I, I get it. I get it. What's your it's favorite good. Pokemon? Favorite Pokemon. <laughs> I think I had said my favorite Pokemon was Ditto because it oh. can be any Pokemon. Okay. It's transformative. It is. That's not a very good answer, I don't think, because it's too it's too general. Oh, I like everything. Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, don't judge no, it. It's fine. I think, I think I can give you a better answer than that. I mean, like, the thing, too, is that I never dabbled in anything past the original 150. That's okay. 151, I guess, Pokemon. I know. I just kind of kept it and kept running. <laughs> you know, I think when it all comes down to it, my favorite was the most mysterious Pokemon, and that was Mewtwo. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, can I tell you my little fun facts about those two Pokemon? Yes. The, especially the two that you mentioned. Okay. So Mewtwo is a clone of Mew. Right. Um, hence Mewtwo. And um, Ditto can only be found in the original games in the burnt down house where they were apparently creating Mewtwo. What? Yeah, that's where Ditto, that's one of the only places where Ditto could be found in like the wild, right? Really? Yeah. Where Mewtwo was being created. Yes. And um, Mew has the DNA of every Pokemon. And Mew can learn every single Pokemon move. And Mew can learn the move transform oh now here's an interesting another little tidbit is that mew and ditto share the exact same color right have the exact same weight so many people have the theory that dittos are just failed attempts at cloning mew (laughs) wow yeah yeah that'll do it for me that'll do it i'm in i'm sold I'm so nerdy. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. What was the last concert you saw and you just absolutely loved? Oh, okay. Um, last, I'm going to say the last big concert that I saw that I absolutely loved was The Offspring and Sum 41 uh, in, in Kamloops. This was December of 2019. Whoa. So a few short months later, COVID shuts everything down. Wow. So Amber had gotten me tickets for my birthday that wow. year, and that was also the year that we found out she's pregnant. Aww. And so technically Desmond was there. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was, I, I don't think I've ever been to a concert before where I've sang along with like pretty much every single goddamn song. There's always, like, we'll go and see a band when they've just released a brand new album. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're doing all the music from their new album. And I don't know any of it, but they'll do, like, a few of their hit singles. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I love this song. <laughs> no, yeah. this was just, like, two classic punk rock bands doing all their hits. And it was awesome. Wow. And then I kind of had this moment of realizing, yeah, I'm getting old now because now my favorite bands are just playing all their old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I'm okay with this. Aww. I'm okay with this because these are the songs that made me fall in love with these bands in the first place. Just mm-hmm. don't let your gut at. 
You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was great. I love that concert. Oh, that's actually a really cute story and really lovely. <laughs> I love that. It was nice. Yeah. What's your favorite meal? Oh, it's either pizza yeah. or sushi. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and of course the, the 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 pizza branches and the sushi branches. There's so many different things, but narrowing it down to that that's a toss up. I'm good either way if those are the options. Okay, so long as it's pizza or sushi, you're yeah. you're pretty happy. I'd even take both at the same time. Yes, that'd be Su- fine. Sushi pizza, not like you know a a sushi pizza. Oh, a, sushi- <laughs> a pizza sushi. Hang on, no, no, it's not. It won't work. It won't work. Well, like, it won't work. But you can do, you know, pizza, sushi, and with more pizza. Right? That, if, that's fine. What if you had, like, really thinly sliced California rolls on the pizza? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so, what, the pizza's got sauce, cheese, cheese and then slices of California, California roll. rolls in the cheese. Or just on top of the cheese. Oh, I don't know, man. See, here's my problem. You got your pe- you got your pizza dough and rice. Why not? That's just that's just a lot of filler, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know, you won't get to enjoy it if if you did enjoy it, you wouldn't really get to because you'd be full after a slice and a half. I don't know. Okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> I don't know. It'd probably be great. <laughs> yeah, you might be. You know what? Depending on the circumstances, that's all I'm saying. I suppose you're right. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last uh, TV show you binged? Binged? Oh. I don't know. I binged, I don't know, maybe just, or something that you watched consecutively mm. until it was done. Um. Okay, I've done quite a few TV shows recently. The last one I finished, ah, it was Moon Knight. I watched Moon Knight. Oh, the, uh, the superhero. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. I I I enjoyed that one. That one was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, okay, so I've, I've done a I've done a string of shows recently, along with Moon Knight. I was also watching at the same time, Cowboy Bebop. Oh. The live action. Oh, okay, I was gonna be like the anime. No. That's no. also a quote from Moon Knight. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice, yeah. Yeah, did that one and uh and then of course Amber and I always have like a couple of shows on the go. We finished recently watching we're watching <laughs> Lost in Space, the third and final season. Oh. We're watching Cobra Kai season five. Nice, okay. Too much the things I think about T V man, there are too many damn options and yeah. not enough time. Yeah. Like I don't know how people can stay up to date with all the TV that's out there that's popular yeah. and yeah and you know keep a social media and you know a job. No, there's right? not like, enough time. I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. There needs to be some space between those notes. <laughs> Maybe right. it's just uh, time travel or something. Time Turner from Harry Potter. Quantum physics. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh man, what's your? Do you have a favorite song right now? Favorite song? I don't think I do. Hmm, that's okay. That's a hard question too. I though. mean, like I got, I got some songs that I'm hearing a lot that kind of get stuck in my head, but nothing's really been like, oh yes, I freaking love this song. 
Yeah, nothing's <laughs> really standing out as as that right now. Mm. No, mm. I think I think music is kind of uh, pop music and all that's at a, at a bit of a lull for me at the moment. That's okay. I get yeah. that. It happens. Well, last question. Okay. What's uh, what's a message you want to give to future Desmond? What's something you want to tell him? Oh goodness, just be happy. Mm. Do anything and everything in your power to be happy Hmm. even if that means being sad in the process Hmm. reach for happiness Hmm. Uh, happiness is not going to come from money it can it can but it's temporary happiness is uh, not going to come from being surrounded by friends all the time it's going to come from the little things you do it's going to come from the lives you touch. And that could just mean the, the, the hello you give someone mm-hmm. or the smile you give someone. It could be as huge as the high five you give someone, right? Yeah. That could save a life even, right? Yeah. Just a handshake, just a just a smile, just a hi, how you doing? It could be yeah. as powerful as saving someone's life that day. You don't know. So just be happy in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And if you can't know that, um, it's temporary and that you, may, you might just need to put yourself somewhere else and you'll find happiness there. Yeah. Whatever that means. Happiness means a lot of things to people. So mm-hmm. pursue it. Mm-hmm. Make it your life's work to just make yourself happy. Because mm. in the end, that's all we got. A little bit of time on this planet is all we get. It, it'll feel like it's going by so slow. Oh man, it's so slow. Time is dragging on. Just get me through school. Get me through this. Get me through tomorrow. Get me through this 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 week. Um, and in the end, it's split. It like so. revs up and it goes really fast afterwards. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. And at any point in your life, if you can at least say that you weren't miserable for an extended period of your life, you've won. You mm. won life. If you can say you are a happy kid, if you can say you are a happy teenager, you are overall a pretty happy, content adult, you win. And if you can get through life like that, nothing else matters. Just just win by just being a happy human. I just had a I had a thought, really a little memory. Yeah. But uh, I remember saying goodbye to grandma. Right. Yeah, Desmond in your arms, and that's essentially kind of what you said to him. Right. I kind of overheard that. You just kind of looked at him and said, Grandma won at life. Yep. Yeah, pretty much, right? You get to the end of your life, and if you can, you know, if if if, if you're in Grandma's position where, you know, she's in a care home, yeah. right? She's in her 90s. It was kind of unfortunate, you know, the last while of her life was it, 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 it didn't exactly look all that pleasant. No. And that's the best we have to look forward to. I don't know, man. At least you can say all the years leading up to that moment were good. Yeah. You learned, you lived, you laughed, you loved, right? <laughs> and if yeah. you were happy and you and you produced other humans that can that, that are also happy and that are, you know, doing their best and providing for the next their next humans then that that's all we're required to do in this planet yeah and even yeah. if you don't do that that's okay yeah yeah all right nice well, man 
Well, thank you, Brendan. Uh, I of really course. appreciate that. And uh, you got any more? Any anything else? That's it. That's all I've got. Burning questions, man. Now's your <laughs> chance. <laughs> no, I mean, no? I I'd love to uh, have you back again. We can maybe talk about something else. Of course. Anything that you might be interested in talking about, just let me know. I got a lot of interest. Yeah. 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 Well, we could we could also interview Luke too, right? That'd be that'd be fun. Oh, Luke's interest. Crap, maybe. <laughs> hey, that's an idea. Uh, one one of these days, we'll we'll get Desmond to interview you. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll just ask you questions. He'll just repeat after me or something. It'll be, oh, it'll be adorable. <laughs> that would be a- okay. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that's uh, has that's a promise. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, Let's make this right. happen. Well, as soon as he's ready, we'll we'll set it up. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thank you for the thought-provoking questions. That was fun. Yeah. I hope uh, hope I gave you some, some insight into the, 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 the mind that is mine. Yeah. No, definitely. It was great. Good. Well, until next time. Until next time. The Dear Brambling Podcast is a podcast dedicated to my little nephew, to the next generation of humans growing up in this world, as well as to those who might be looking for a little more guidance in their life. It is hosted by me, Luke Benoit. The editing and sound design are provided by MB Productions, as well as Hideout Productions. The music that you're listening to is called Sunlight Cascading Through the Clouds by Artificial Music. If you'd like to follow me on any social media, I am on Instagram and Twitch at Rex. And for those who are still listening this far into the podcast, I'd like to take a moment to really thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd also like to say that if you are experiencing any difficulties or pain in your life right now, there is still no substitute for a trained coach, counselor, or licensed therapist. If you are committed to putting in the work and really trying to better yourself as a human, I definitely recommend that you go searching and shopping for the right coach, counselor, or therapist for you.